and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Hi, everybody. Welcome back once again. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread. And it's March Madness tournament time. Everybody knows it. The college basketball conference tournaments are underway. The NBA is heading down the stretch as well. And if you like round ball, this is the place to be. With that, I want to welcome in our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports. Victor, how are you doing this hectic basketball season? Hectic is the optimum word, that is for sure. We've got, uh, what, 13 conference tournaments that will be in action this week. We're already starting to do the preliminary work for the March Madness newsletter. Uh, before we get into covering, Mark, what's happened in the conference tournaments thus far, we should probably spend a couple of minutes in pro basketball. I know with all these conference tournaments and March Madness you can't forget the fact that there has been some great value here in the NBA as of late, and of course will continue throughout the month of March. Uh, case in point, uh, last night in pro basketball, both of us, that would be Mark Lawrence and myself, we kind of went out of our wheelhouse a little bit, but came away with a really nice 2-0 sweep on Tuesday. For Mark, it was a rare road favorite play in the NBA on the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, a little bit surprising, particularly when Milwaukee opened up as a seven-point favorite in that road game against Orlando. The line dropped to two when it was announced that both uh, Giannis and Holiday would not play for the Bucks. No worries, no problem. The Bucks still came away with a beautiful 10-point-plus double-digit road win and a nice win for Mark Lawrence as well. That, of course, was off of the heels of the Monday night college winner in the Sunbelt Conference Final on the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette. So nice done in pro basketball, nice done in college basketball. And again, my numbers I have here, 35 and 18 now for Mark Lawrence. All basketball plays over the last six weeks. I mean, heck, 66% in basketball over a six-week period. It's definitely the time of year to be checking out Mark's services, that is for sure. Um, for us, Mark, you know, we went away from our totals last night in the NBA and played a, for us, a rare home underdog, and that was on the Oklahoma City Thunder, plus four points against the Golden State Warriors. I, I know you were teasing that one on Twitter a little bit yep. on Tuesday morning. We dove right in and played on the Thunder didn't even need the points as they came away with an outright uh, double-digit dog win at home against the Golden State Warriors, a team that has really, really sucked it on the road this season. They're now 9-23 and against the spread, the worst team in the NBA on the road this season, totally lost. That would be the Golden State Warriors. And, heck, Mark, uh, as far as Oklahoma City goes, you can't get better any better than that. They're the most profitable team in the NBA right now. In fact, there's only two teams 
that have uh, turned a profit in 60% or more of their games this season in pro basketball. That would be Oklahoma City at 39 and 25 ATS and the Milwaukee Bucks, the Hot Bucks, we might add, at 37 and 24 ATS. If you're kind of looking for the other side of the spectrum, the teams you want to be fading this year in the NBA, uh, down here in South Florida, it's our Miami Heat the most unprofitable team in the NBA this season at 23 and 41 against the spread. And a couple of teams from the Southwest division, Dallas, 24 and 39, Houston, 24 and 37 ATS. Definitely some teams you want to be staying away from, or at least betting against these days in the NBA. And Mark, before I throw it back to you, let's talk about some of the great totals teams in the NBA this season. Oklahoma City, not only are they profitable from an ATS standpoint, but they've been the league's best over team this year at 38, 25, and 2 over under. Uh, Philadelphia, also a good over team at 59% over, 38, and 27. And then, uh, meanwhile, your um, best under teams on the season, Charlotte Bobcats, 28, 37. Uh, I'm sorry, 28 and 39 for Charlotte on the season. They are one of, uh, it looks like about four teams in the NBA that have produced unders at a 60% or better rate this season. But there you have it. Mark's hot. Uh, our King Creole service, we're at 64% in the NBA for this season. And again, you can't forget about pro basketball, even though we're spending a lot of our time in the colleges these days. Yeah, we sure are, Victor. Uh, I know you're working overtime on that database, getting it ready for the March Madness Tournament Guide and all these conference basketball tournaments that are taking place right now. The clock just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. It's like nonstop action in college basketball. No better time if you're a college basketball fan than right now. And there are some people that will argue that they like the college basketball conference tournaments better than they do the March Madness NCAA tournament. Uh, largely because there are, there's a, more of a series of games. It's just, just not a defined field, and uh, you, you got one team you got to wait uh, three or four games to, to play on, so they advance. So you've got a lot of advantages right now in the college basketball conference tournaments. We did, I think, a spectacular job in the Playbook Basketball newsletter here. Our last issue was a double issue, issues 9 and 10, and we covered 13 college basketball conference tournaments inside that issue. Wall-to-wall -wall coverage on the college basketball tournaments. You'll want to get a copy of it between now and Sunday, Selection Sunday, by the way. You can put yourself in a position to win, where I think the best time for college basketball tournaments are the semifinals and the final rounds. Playing, Looking for advantages on those teams getting to those particular games. You can read all about them inside the Playbook Basketball Newsletter online at playbooksports.com. And while I have you here, I'd like to ask you to please subscribe if you're on the YouTube channel and watching this show on our Playbook Experts YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, become a subscriber, be part of the family. We'll notify you the next time a podcast goes out. And if you have any comments, hit the comment section below. We'd love to hear from you as well. We'll be joining with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Vegas in just a short while or so. As Victor, I, and Andy, we're going to roundtable about the College Basketball Conference tournament games coming up this weekend. We're going to focus in on the five major conferences, so get your pens and pencils ready. We're going to have a lot of good information to share with you that way. And Victor, what do you say we take it over to the NBA side of things for our NBA Game of the Week this week? Sure, we will do, Mark. Now, before we get into that big game on Saturday night, uh, 
punching their tickets to the dance thus far go. in yep. college basketball. Of course, the Division One schools, that would be uh, Drake in the Missouri Valley Conference, big winner over number one Bradley, and it would be their sixth appearance in the NCAA tournament. Uh, in the Sunbelt Conference, we just talked about the Rage and Cajuns. They beat number eight Alabama to make it to the big dance. This will be their 11th appearance uh, in the Horizon Conference, a close game on Monday night, Cleveland State against North Kentucky. The Norse come away with a two-point win. It'll be their third appearance in the NCAA tournament for North Kentucky. Uh, in uh, the Colonial Conference of Charleston, who got the win in the championship game against North Carolina Wilmington, it'll be their sixth appearance in the NCAA tournament. And finally, last night, uh, with a perhaps even signature win in the West Coast Conference. The Zags, Gonzaga, 77-51 to over number one uh, seed St. Mary's. A 25-point big statement win for Gonzaga, and it'll be their 24th appearance in the NCAA tournament. We can't forget about the Division II schools who have also punched a ticket thus in. Uh, Southeast Missouri State, North Carolina, Asheville, State Furman, and finally Oral Roberts. That's where we stand as we record the podcast on Wednesday for all schools who have thus far punched a ticket to the big dance. And I saw State Victor, and I was reading, I'm doing a lot of early prep work for the March Madness Tournament Guide and notes that I find on each basketball team. And the one note that I found on Kennesaw State is the fact that you go back to 2020, 2021 game that season, just one game. They followed that up the next year, six wins, then 13 wins, and lo and behold, they're in the NCAA tournament this year. So that Cinderella slipper was made for teams just like Kennesaw. mentioned Fairleigh Dickinson, a basketball team who last year won only four games. Right. So, you know, there, there's a place for everybody in the world of college basketball, and that's what this tournament is all about. We're visiting with Victor King from King Creole Sports on our March Madness Getting Ready show. We're talking about the college conference tournaments. We'll be doing that with Andy Isco in just a moment. But before we get there, let's turn it over to our NBA Game of the Week on tap this Saturday. And, Victor, I'd say we got a pretty good game on tap this Saturday. It doesn't get much better than the Milwaukee Bucks invading Golden State to take on the Warriors how do you see this game shaking out on Saturday, Victor? Right, and not, not only is it Saturday's big game, but it's the nationally televised ABC TV game as well. I believe it's, uh, what, 8 o'clock Eastern on Saturday night, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Golden State Warriors. Milwaukee with a, what, 47-18 and 18 straight up record. Here's what's surprising about the NBA. There's been hardly any great dominant teams this year in the NBA. In fact, Mark, there's only two teams in the NBA right now as we speak that have a winning percentage of 700 or higher on the season. That would be Milwaukee at 47-18, and 18, 723 winning percentage, and Denver in the Western Conference at 46-19, and 19, 708. So kind of surprising that you are not seeing some truly, truly dominant teams, at least from a one-loss perspective, this season with only Milwaukee and Denver uh, thus far. Wide open NBA? I definitely think so. Now, this particular game, Mark, on Saturday night, 
These two teams, they did play each other in Milwaukee uh, back in mid-December. The OU line in the game was 232. Milwaukee got the win 128 to 111. The over did end up cashing by seven points. Uh, this particular series has gone 10 and 14 over under in the last 12 seasons. Obviously, we're recording the podcast here on Wednesday. We're not privy to the weekend lines in the NBA as of yet. But with that said, I do anticipate uh, Saturday's line will be somewhere in the range of 230 to 235 with Milwaukee on the road against Golden State. And I'm going to be uh, going under in this particular game. If we break down each team's over-under numbers, it's all about the home and away splits. Not just for one of them, but for both of them. On the season, Milwaukee is the middle of the road, 32 and 32 over-under. Slightly better for the Warriors at 36 and 27 over-under on the season. But here is where the splits really come into play. Milwaukee is tied as the best home over team in the NBA this season at 22 and 11. 22 overs, only 11 unders at home. However, they're on the road in this particular game, and they are the league's number one road under team. In fact, there's numerous teams in the NBA this season that are have been great home over teams and great home under teams. The Bucks are one of those. Their road games this season, 10 and 21. Number one in the league. They're averaging nine points less in their road games than they are in their home games this season. Not only that, but the Bucks have gone now 5-13-1 as road favorites this year. 72% under the total. And yes, we anticipate Milwaukee will be laying a few points on the road against Golden State in this particular game. And on the Warriors' side, opposite numbers than their counterparts. A great road over team. The Warriors this seven now uh, this season, 23-7-2 over under on the road. They are the number one road over team. They just went over last night in that road game against Oklahoma State. They're averaging 240.4 combined points per game when on the road this season. However, at home, only 13 overs, 21 unders. Uh, Again, like their counterparts, nine points per game less at home compared to the road. They're the number five home under team this season. Again, you get uh, a a diverse home and road away uh, splits here. And we are definitely going under the total. Mark, I also ran a couple of database queries before I throw it to your side here. First off, in terms of uh, non-conference games. When a Eastern Conference team is favored on the road by 10 or less against a Western Conference opponent, we're going back uh, last three months now. These games have gone 1 and 10 over under. When over under line is 224 or more points. That'll be the case in this game. Milwaukee, the Eastern Conference team, favored on the road against the Golden State. Uh, And finally, I also queried uh, these 700 or better winning teams. I just talked about the fact that there's only two of them in the NBA this season right now, and that would be the uh, Bucks, of course, and the Denver Nuggets. But anyway, since mid-November, NBA road favorites of 11 or less points who have a win-loss percentage of 700 or better, 
like the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the teams have gone 5-24-1 over-under. That's only five overs, 24 unders, 83% under the total. I even have a tightener from our database that makes it 0-13-1, and, and that is when these teams are facing any opponents with a 450 or greater winning percentage, like the host Warriors, who are a couple of games over 500 on the season. I'm in. I'm going to play that 0-13-1 subset mark as we go under the total in the Saturday night game, ABC TV, Milwaukee Bucks at Golden State Warriors. Well, Victor, you sold me the under total in this basketball game. These two teams are going to play just like the playoffs. You're going to play off atmosphere in this basketball game when Golden State plays host to Milwaukee. And as everybody's aware, Milwaukee, the home in the NBA, they saw a season-high 16-game win streak finally snapped. But to their credit, they did bounce back with a pair of wins immediately thereafter. One of those Victor mentioned about, which we used in our play, our basketball play yesterday. They are the top seed in the Eastern Conference, albeit mostly because of this big win streak that they're on right now. They have a three-game lead as we're doing the podcast, and I like to fade teams in divisions, either in the division or in the conference when they hold big leads inside the division or the conference, and they're laying points to hungry basketball teams. They beat Golden State, as Victor mentioned earlier, by 17 points back in Milwaukee this year. And if you like Milwaukee, you also like the fact that the last 11 times they've laid points in the road, they've won all 11 games, and they're 10-1 and one against the spread. A lot of good numbers that work here from the Milwaukee Bucks, but they're being priced accordingly right now. They weren't being priced that way when the streak was in the middle of the streak, but right now they can't help but price Milwaukee for where they're at at this particular stage of the basketball season. The Golden State Warriors, they welcomed Steph Curry back to the lineup two games ago. They come in as the number six seed in the West. And what's interesting, Victor, if you take a look at the standings in the Western Conference, you'll find eight teams that are within two losses of each other from anywhere to the number five to the number wow. 12 seed in the, in the Western Conference. It's a madhouse trying to make those top 10 seeds in the Western Conference here. And Golden State is in that mix right now. They're number six in the West. Part of those teams that are part of two losses with each within each of one another. Golden State, you talked about dichotomies before. Golden State terrible on the road this year, nine and twenty-three to the spread, but at home a different animal altogether, twenty-two and eleven to the spread. But how about this one? I'll counter that Milwaukee Bucks road favorite record with Golden State's home dog record. The Golden State Warriors, the last thirteen times they've been a home underdog, they are twelve and one straight up. Wow. All 13 point spread covers in all 13 games. I'll take the hungry Golden State Warriors with Steph Curry back in the lineup, plus whatever they give us in this Milwaukee Buck basketball game for my side in this featured primetime showdown game on Saturday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And our talk show today is going to focus mainly on the college basketball conference tournaments, which are underway. And with that, let's bring in our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. We're going to check out the Vegas vibe and what's going on in Vegas from Andy. And we'll also do a little roundtable talk about these college basketball conference tournament games as well on the podcast today. Andy, how's everything going in Las Vegas these days? Mark, everything is going wonderfully. And actually, in many respects, this week is maybe even somewhat better as far as opportunities go for wagering because you have so many of the major conference 
tournaments that begin. Actually, some began on Tuesday. Uh, yesterday, we're doing this on Wednesday, and we'll continue. Continue to begin until Thursday, Friday, and then the meat of the uh, tournaments will end Friday, Saturday, and uh, Sunday. But these also have these games starting at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, and they're staggered starts really almost every half hour to every hour throughout the day. Much different than when we begin the NCAA tournament because, remember, on that first Thursday and Friday, there are only, and I put in quotes, only 16 games. And a lot of them have starts within about 15, 20 minutes of each other. So this, at this point, this week, you've got opportunities for pregame, in-game, and second-half wagering as far as almost around the clock for about 12 to 15 hours. Well, we're going to be round the clock, no doubt about it, Andy. And uh, we're going to try and keep our focus on this week's show on the major conferences. You can call them the Power Five like we do in football, basketball. They're the big boys, okay? Uh, and uh, let's focus on those conferences. We know the mid-majors, they're going to they're have a surprise or two in there. Somebody's going to come out of the Mid-American Conference and maybe pour an upset or so. We're going to get our standard upsets from the, uh, the mid-major conferences as well. But let's zero in on these teams that are coming out of these major conferences right now. And the, the number one seed in the country, Ken Palm's number one team in the country, is not from a major conference. That would be the Houston Cougars a basketball team that they're going to have to go up against the likes of the Alabamas of the basketball world and see whether or not they can handle that weight and that attention here. Victor, let me ask you this question here. Uh, now with the situation going on in Alabama, we talked about it last week, the Southeast Conference being who they are, uh, what is your take or your frame of mind if you're an Alabama Crimson Tide player here going into this uh, into these conference tournaments? Are you still discombobulated with all the bad press and everything going on? I know Brandon Miller held a press conference today again as well. Does that help or hurt this basketball team? I think it hurts the team, uh, and I know that they're currently the uh, favorite in the conference to win the conference tournament with somewhere around, what, plus 170 odds for Alabama followed by, what, Tennessee at around plus 280, uh, Kentucky at about plus 450, and then finally A&M at about plus 500. That's pretty much a uh, four-team free-for-all, if you ask me. And I also know what, they're back to Nashville for this year's SC tournament as well. But uh, it's a tournament in which, uh, and I I might be on the fave in some of these other uh, major conference tournaments, but it definitely will not be Alabama with everything going on in the SEC conference. Andy, uh, before we get into the conferences themselves exactly, who do you make as the number one seed? If the tournament uh, selection Sunday was today, who would be named the number one seed in the NCAA tournament in your mind? Well, I, I guess I would have to go, and this, of course, would assume that they win their conference tournament. I would actually go with Kansas. The defending champion, they started out slowly. They They've played tremendously down the stretch. Uh, they've, uh, uh, they did have um, a little stumble at the end, but that's not unusual. And wouldn't actually be surprised if Kansas does not win the Big 12 championship. But should they win the Big 12 championship, I'm more inclined to go with a major, a Power Five conference, a major team in that conference. Uh, and especially when you're looking at the Big 12, which arguably has been the strongest and deepest conference conference all season I would probably my first choice for the overall number one would be Kansas my my second choice would be Alabama if they go on to win the SEC uh, conference championship because that would indicate that maybe things are a little bit better than perhaps we thought they did have that stumble when they had that big comeback uh, facing that deficit against South Carolina a couple of weeks ago they've won games since then so 
So that might indicate to me that they're in in tournament ready shape. I take nothing away from what Houston has has done, but when you compare the quality of competition that Houston has faced on a night in day out basis versus that that the teams like Kansas or the Alabamas have have uh, faced, I could make an argument for both Kansas and Alabama to be seated above uh, Houston. Um, another team I might th- throw in there uh, because they've been so consistent all year. And once again, it's predicated upon them winning their conference tournament. And that's UCLA out of the Pac-12. This is a very experienced team. They were already met those expectations this year. And so I would argue that UCLA certainly deserves, deserves to be one of the top four seeds, assuming they win the Pac-12 conference. They might... Uh, if some of these major teams these win their conference tournaments, they might still be a number one seed. It depends who the committee would put up ahead of them, but teams that uh, have a better body of work based upon Alabama uh, uh, and uh, uh, the, the other uh, two major teams that I was mentioning, Kansas and uh, UCLA. And then, of course, Houston's, let's call it, relative dominance all season. And they do have some decent wins in there, but they also have a loss to Alabama and a loss to a Temple losses, it's still uh, an indication, especially the Alabama game, the re- a few opportunities that they stepped up in class, that's the one where they stumbled. Well, Andy, I think uh, you're right in step with what the NCAA and their net rankings has to say about that same question because you know how much weight they put in their net rankings, and a lot of that net rankings is how these teams win basketball games. And the number one team in the country with the most quad wins this year is Kansas with 15. Not even close. Number two is Texas with 11. Then you have Alabama, Kansas State, Purdue, and Iowa State all each with nine. So Kansas looks like a runaway winner in that most wins, quad one wins right now. Now, there's still time for teams to pick up some quad, obviously, in the college basketball conference tournaments coming up this year. But... I have another question here I want to run by you before I turn it over to Victor, Andy. Uh, we're talking about a sleeper-type basketball. And, uh, one of the sleeper-type teams I have out of, this, out of these Power 5 teams is the Tennessee Volunteers. And my starting argument with them is, number one, they do have seven quad one wins. You know, they've checked that box. Uh, number two, they rank in the top – in fact, they're the number one team in the country in – Defensive field goal percentage tech, uh, is uh, Tennessee. They're number two also in the country in scoring margin. And you know how important scoring margin is when it comes to handicapping the NCAA tournament. The wider the scoring margin, the, it, more oftentimes we've seen these teams reach the Sweet 16 all the way down to the Final Four. Uh, that being the case, let me run this by you, Victor. Out of the Southeast Conference, I don't see uh, there's Alabama coming there where they're supposed to be, but if it's not Alabama – would you make Tennessee your number two choice, or if not, who would you look at in the Southeast Conference? No, definitely. Uh, uh, the, the fact that that defense is so good is is uh, uh, the reason that uh, I put a little bit of money on Tennessee to win the SEC Conference, so I'm with you on that one. Very good. Now, also, Andy, you mentioned UCLA coming out of the Pac-12. Now, I know that's not a Las Vegas bias because when you handicap, I know you're not biased at all. I know you're in Vegas. We're on the East Coast here. And you, but you do get to see a lot of UCLA playing in the in the Pac-12 conference here. Any other team in the Pac-12 conference that you think would be would merit uh, attention, maybe uh, a top four seed, uh, other than perhaps UCLA? Well, I guess Arizona would be the other team. They've been consistently strong all year, and possibly even a bit of a surprise. 
surprise considering what their preseason expectations were. So I would say those two. The team that you know Victor talked about, uh, the SEC team that's playing very well, has experience, a lot of coaching experience, is Kentucky. They sort of uh, struggled through the early part of the season as they were finding their identity, and they've played especially well, especially. Uh, considering uh, their matchups against Tennessee after winning the first one. They won the rematch as well. That tells me something about a team's mental state and their ability as far as self-confidence goes. Uh, Tennessee, my concern for Tennessee is the overall health of that team going into the tournament. That could be uh, a bit of a question mark. Another team I like in the SEC that always seems to make a little bit of a run, at least in recent years under the current coach, uh, Eric. Eric Musselman, and that's the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, this is a team that started out extremely strongly, and then, uh, you know, maybe despite a lot of people looking at the Big Ten, I would say behind the Big 12, the SEC may have been as deep a conference as any this year, uh, especially with teams like Vanderbilt playing as well as they did. Vanderbilt kind of like Northwestern in the Big Ten, a team not noted for uh, consistent ac- uh, athletic excellence compared to their academic excellence and yet Vanderbilt's pulled some nice upsets throughout the year continuously as has uh, Northwestern but uh, when I look at the power five conferences and normally when it comes to futures I will end up as I have already I'll play some of the highly regarded teams but also some of the teams that get lost in the shuffle because they're playing extremely well but they get often overshadowed by the Kansases and the, the Alabamas and the Kentuckys and the UCLA's well, I agree with you, Andy. I think the SEC is as deep, perhaps, as the Pac-12 is. I mean, I'm sorry, the Big 12 is. The Big 12 gets all the ink, but the SEC has got a lot of war horses there. Normally, it's the Big 10, who appears to be down this basketball season here. But there's a lot of complementary teams inside the Southeast Conference, you know, the likes of Auburn and Texas A&M. You mentioned Kentucky on the come right now. There's never a better time for a team to be playing their best basketball than it is right now. And I'm sure that makes uh, John Calipari elated because we all know what he's been able to do this stage of the basketball season. He went, I believe, one and out in the NCAA tournament last year. I believe one and out. Uh, didn't go very, wasn't much of a factor last year. And didn't for all season long appear to be much of a factor this year. In fact, there were times when some people wondered whether or not they were even going to make the tournament. But they're playing their best basketball right now, and I think they're one of those teams, as you mentioned here, also, Andy, out of the SEC that does deserve some merit. Let's move it over to the ACC side of things, guys, if we will. And this is a conference that I feel personally is way down this year, Uh, maybe because North Carolina is not performing like they were expected to perform. They were the runner-up in the NCAA tournament last year. They're only 1-9 in their 10 games, quad one games this year. Uh, I think they need a modern miracle to make this tournament this year. And if they don't, they'll be the first defending champion to not make it back to the NCAA tournament the following year. That's the weight that North Carolina is carrying going into this tournament on their shoulders here. Uh, That being the case here, Victor, who do you see out of the ACC as being the main threat to win the ACC conference tournament? Well, you mentioned a down year, and uh, I would agree with that. This 2023 edition of the ACC tournament, it's as wide open basically as it ever has been. I think with no truly dominant team in the league, you can kind of tell just from the odds. You got what uh, the favorite is what Duke at about plus 280. You got Virginia right on their heels at about plus 300. You got our, our Hurricanes down here in South Florida, Miami's around plus 340. You've got your North Carolinas, uh, your Clemsons around plus 600. 
my sleeper is North Carolina State. If they can somehow get past Virginia, I think they have some sleeper possibility. Uh, if Virginia and Miami somehow make it to the final, we can probably look for the Cavaliers to probably exact their revenge from getting ousted by the Canes last year. Um, it's also a tournament, Mark, that from doing some of our work in the Playbook uh, Basketball Newsletter, it's a tournament in which we'll be looking to play on teams off a tournament dog win as those teams have gone 14-3-2 ATS. Look for any team off a tourney dog win to play on. And then finally, uh, in Friday's semifinal round, I'll definitely be looking toward the points or the underdogs. As underdogs in the semifinal round now in the ACC tournament have gone 31-10-4 ATS. And in the last six years, in fact, they've gone a perfect 8-0-1 ATS. So I'll be grabbing the points with the dogs in the Friday semifinal round. Victor dogging it up in the ACC, no surprise there. Andy, who would you speculate on being the team of the ACC? There's not even an overwhelming favorite. Victor mentions Duke as being the favorite. That may be a name and reputation. They're still not a bad basketball team. But who would you pick if you made your number one choice, Andy, out of the ACC? And who would your sleeper be in the ACC as well? Uh, my concern about the ACC and Duke is the uh, lack of Coach K on the sideline for the first time in 42 years. And, of course, at this time, Time of the year, coaching becomes critically important in uh, use of timeouts, for example, and making adjustments, etc. Uh, playing uh, uh, substitutions, etc. Uh, it, it's a lot different than during the regular season, so I wonder how much of an effect that would be. I'm a big advocate of looking for proven, outstanding coaches, and that leads me to Jim Laranaga of Miami. And we know his track record dating back to the days when he took George Mason to the uh, Final Four. Miami's been a very, very consistent team all season. I've been on them quite a bit. I did go against them in their final. I took the generous six points with uh, uh, Pittsburgh against Miami, and yet Miami managed to win and fortunately not cover, but that just shows a bit of resilience because that game was actually to determine the top team in the uh, ACC as uh, uh, they were uh, tied with uh, Pittsburgh and had beaten Pittsburgh uh, earlier up at uh, Pittsburgh. So uh, I like the fact that they were able to win that key game, even though it just has to do for seeding for the uh, conference tournament. If Miami uh, can win, the, and I have a future ticket on Miami. I'm not sure what the odds are right now. I got them at 50 to 1 about three weeks ago. That's uh, my favorite in that uh, in conference. If there's a sleeper team, uh, maybe it is a team like a North Carolina State. They've been very solid all year. They've pulled off some good wins. Uh, the, the concern I have, I also right now do not have North Carolina in the field. My concern and the committee, you know, committee can basically justify anything they want in making a selection, including a team or excluding a team, you know, by looking at the different factors. And they may, North Carolina might be one in nine in quad one wins, but the committee could always say, yeah, but they played 12 games against quad one teams. Well, there are a lot of more deserving teams that maybe just didn't have that opportunity. Maybe they've had only uh, four opportunities against quad one teams and they have managed to win two of them, you know, which has been uh, more uh, demonstrated more of an ability depending upon what conference that uh, team would have been. So the committee can do anything they want, but North Carolina State would be a team that based upon their talent, I think can make a, a, a nice run in the ACC uh, tournament. 
Andy looks for a little bit of a mild surprise, as does Victor on NC State and the ACC tournament. Andy also a big Jim Laranega fan, backing the Miami Hurricanes, as am I in that tournament. I also bought a ticket on Duke as well earlier on in the season. Let's move it over to the Big 12 side of things, guys. Uh, we haven't drilled down into the Big 12 yet. They're obviously the team that might looks to have the most teams entering into the big dance this year. And, in fact, when the uh, NCAA rolled out their March Madness preview uh, about two weeks ago, I believe it was, there were eight of the 12 Big 10 teams named in the uh, in the tournament here. Eight is what they speculate. Kansas, Andy, has perhaps probably being the number one team, the number one seed, overall seed in this tournament here. Uh, Victor, I'm going to turn it over to you. But before I do that, let me say this. There's a team in here that I would also look long and hard at in this in the inside the Big 12 tournament here. That would be the Baylor Bears once again here. Not quite as to where Baylor was at a level maybe two years ago or even perhaps even last year. But this this team is they do a lot of good things. They check a lot of boxes, especially defensively, do the Baylor Bears. They'd be a little bit of a sleeper team for me. Victor, how do you see the Big 12 shaking out? I agree with you about Baylor. They got some dynamic offensive players on their team, and it's an offense that's pretty much built to succeed, if you ask me, uh, in March. And um, obviously, you touched on the fact that it's easily the top five power five conference this year, as nine out of the 10 teams are winning teams, are over 500 on the season, and the only one who's not is one game below 500, and that would be Oklahoma. Uh, the tournament championship is pretty much wide open as well. Uh, Kansas is not even the clear-cut fi- uh, favorite. They're pretty much on horns in the tournament at plus 330 odds. You mentioned Baylor. They're next in line. you got Kansas State and Iowa State at around plus 650 odds. And finally, TCU at about 9 to 1 odds. Uh, one thing that I will be looking for is that, uh, let's see here, the Big 12 in Friday's semifinal round, looking to potentially lay it with any short favorite as the favorites of less than six points have gone 19 and 5 ATS, including 9 and 1 in the last 12 years. And again, from doing the research in our playbook newsletter, we can ignore the fact uh, that the best play on team in this particular tournament is not Kansas, it's not Texas, it's uh, it's Iowa State. On 15-1-1 ATS in their last 17 Big 12 tournament games over the last nine seasons, that is again Iowa State 15 1 and 1. Uh, finally, guys, I'll be looking to lay it in Saturday's final round on the point spread. If the team who's favored on Saturday is favored by three or more, I'm going to be laying it in this conference as uh, final round favorites of three or more have gone 9 and 1 against the spread in the last 13 years. I might want to throw this stat in there about Iowa State, Victor. I thought they were also a very competitive basketball team. But uh, just before the tournaments have begun here, 
Their senior guard, Jason Grill, was dismissed from the basketball team for conduct unbecoming a cyclone. That does not help a basketball team going into their conference tournaments when he's the glue to that basketball team as he is. So I just want to make that mention. If anybody wants to hop on Iowa State, you might want to look deep and make sure you know exactly what you're getting into. Andy, other than Kansas, who do you see out of the Big 12 to be a potential team that will walk the ladder and cut down the nets in the Big 12? Well, I agree that Baylor certainly has the talent and the recent experience to be a significant competitor with Kansas, uh, as the as are the Texas Longhorns, who, of course, had that coaching change during the course of the season, yet still managed to play very, very well throughout the uh, stretch of the season. I'm not all that sold on Kansas State, but another team that I do like, again, outstanding coach and Jamie Dixon, coached nearly 400 games in his coaching career at several stops. He's uh, won better than two out of every three games, so that's a tremendous winning percentage that he has over an extended period of time. TCU returns an awful lot of experience from last year. They are healthy. I wouldn't be surprised if TCU makes a deep run and makes it into the championship game and improves their seat for the NCAA tournament. Haven't played them as a futures yet for the NCAA tournament, uh, but I might consider doing so before they get in action tomorrow. Want to see what their current odds are, and then estimate what their odds might be uh, come the announcement of the field, because a lot of teams will see their odds change significantly because of where they're seated and the future book liability on those teams uh, between what they are available at right now and what they may be available about at uh, uh, on Sunday evening, Monday morning. And of course, that could be both up and down depending upon the team. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Victor King, also from PlaybookSports.com, as we're previewing the upcoming in-conference tournament games that are going on as we do this podcast. We've got one more conference to delve into, guys, and maybe we'll even touch a little bit on the Big East, although maybe maybe they are a power five, although it'll be the sixth conference here, but I think they deserve a little bit of credit here anyway. But inside the Big Ten Conference, to me, guys, it looks like Purdue. I know they're the favorite to win this conference here. And I honestly don't see much of a threat behind them to anybody else. Uh, Victor, do you? who do you have in the Big Ten and what would you make as your sleeper? No, you're absolutely right. Now, they have a switch from Indianapolis to uh, Chicago. They'll be playing uh, this season's Big Ten tournament in the United Center in Chicago. And you mentioned it, uh, Purdue, pretty much your favorite. They're anywhere from, what, plus 50, 150 to about plus 180. You got Indiana coming in next at about plus 440, Michigan State uh, plus 650, Maryland plus 900. I believe that uh, those are your playbook projected Final Four teams that are in this week's newsletter. And uh, uh, like in the ACC conference, this is also a, a tournament in which you want to play on a dog who's off a dog tourney win. Because these teams have gone 15 and 1 ATS in the last five years. Again, that's in the Big Ten Conference. Any conference dog off a conference dog win. So uh, we'll also be looking to potentially grab the points with the underdog in the final round, as final round favorites have gone 0 and 6 against the spread in the last seven years. So I'll be. Looking for that doggy, whoever is in the final round in Sunday's uh, uh, tournament title game. And it looks like we're we'll be walking a lot of the dog in the Big Ten Conference and the tournament coming on this weekend. Your take, Andy, on the Big Ten Conference. Who do you see coming out and cutting down those nets? 
Yeah, I, I've been very disappointed the way Purdue has played it down the stretch in several situations where they had an opportunity to make some statements. For example, their second game against Indiana after losing to the Hoosiers, uh, they really did not play very well in that contest. Uh, Northwestern sort of slid a little little bit late and I take a look at the uh, Big 12 standings and really you had Purdue winning 15 and 5 in conference play but most of those wins came in their first 16 conference games and then they sort of uh, uh, slid a little bit uh, uh, down the stretch uh, Indiana may be playing the best basketball of any of the Big uh, 10 teams as we enter uh, they had 12 wins along with Northwestern 12 and 8 but then you take a look at the rest of the uh, 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 teams that are projected to make the NCAA tournament, you're talking about a couple of teams that are 10 and 10, a few that are 11 and 9 or 11 and 8 because Michigan State had uh, that uh, rematch game. I think it was against uh, uh, Minnesota, I believe it was the one that uh, uh, did not get made up. Uh, I've not been overly impressed with the Big Ten really all year compared to uh, uh, years past. They may get in because of the fact that they play a non-conference schedule that almost uh, assures that they're all going to have lofty records when you include non-conference play. I think Indiana has the best chance to uh, beat Purdue, although you're asking them to do it for a third time. Uh, the fact that they really didn't give that great effort in the second rematch, which was the rematch of their regular season initial loss, uh, wonders about their confidence. Iowa is always a team that uh, uh, you have to consider uh, the Fran McCaffrey, the longtime coach there, has a good history. They won the tournament last year. Not sold on Michigan or Penn State. Maryland is somewhat of a surprise, and I guess Tom Izzo always has his teams playing well at this time of the year. Uh, you'd have to say, based upon talent, uh, um, Purdue would be the team to beat. I think based upon current and late season form, I'd probably go with Indiana if any team is going to beat Purdue, although you're asking them to do it for a third time, which is always difficult. And, of course, what that means is that should it be an Indiana-Purdue final, and I don't have the seedings in front of me, uh, you're probably not going to get as many points with Indiana as you would like, considering what they've done the first two times against Purdue. For sure, especially being a in-state rivalry as it is and not much travel for either basketball team. Uh, before we wrap it up here, guys, just a quick visit into the Big East Conference here. Now, i got to ask you this question. Andy, let me ask you this. Uh, there's people saying that you know, there's a handful of teams that can win the Big East this year. Is that because of mediocrity, or are these teams even in the conference? <clears throat> How do you see the Big East? I think it's a little bit of both, although I think Marquette is sort of uh, – not Marquette. But I mean, the, the Big East itself is just a shade below a, a major conference. And I think that's because of the fact that they don't play football uh, to the extent that uh, you've got teams like uh, Creighton and Providence, et cetera, in there who don't really have much of a, of a football program on a major uh, on a ma major level. But when you take a look at their basketball uh, results over the years, uh, of course, you had UConn there for a number of years with uh, uh, their outstanding performance, winning national titles. Uh, I certainly can make a case for Marquette, Creighton, uh, Providence, Xavier, UConn, all making the field. I think they're all excellent teams. I think they've pre -able, been able to perform well on the uh, uh, on the road, and uh, I'm, I've already got, got tickets on Marquette and uh, Providence and UConn uh, to win the, uh, uh, the, the entire uh, NCAA tournament, and I'm still thinking about Creighton and Xavier as well. I want to see what the matchups are because I think that this year, uh, because there's some really bad teams at the bottom of some of the major conferences like the Pac-12, for example, but those top five teams are as good as any top five teams in, in I think, any of the Power Five conferences. 
conferences, and you might even include uh, the Big 12 in there. Well, you mentioned Xavier, Andy, one of only three teams in the country that shoot the ball at 50% or better on the season here. And Connecticut, the number three team in the nation in overall scoring margin. You know, they win their basketball games by healthy margins over 14 points a game. So, Victor, let me ask you this question before we wrap it up in our conference our preview games for this week's conference tourneys here. We used to call the Creightons of the basketball world mid-major surprises, uh, the Marquette's mid-major surprises. Now that these conferences are in the Big East, is the Big East a mid-major conference or is it a power conference? That's the question. Uh, and it's a good question. You know, since they uh, broke apart what uh, into their current format, what, back in 2014, uh, most of their tournaments, of course, have been held at Madison Square Garden. They brought in a bunch of new teams. Um, it, it's been a season that all year long, there's easily, and, and Andy just rattled them off, there's been five very good teams, there's been five pretty bad teams, and then you got a really, really weird, perplexing Villanova team that's basically right in the middle. Uh, easily the top five earn their buys in this tournament, leaving those five cellar dwellers needing to win, what, four games in five days against better competition to complete the miracle. But uh, I would not consider the Big East a major conference right now at this time based on who they brought into the league. Andy, do you agree with that? Andy, are you with us, bud? Mute, Andy. There we go. Okay. Well, I would say this. Take a look at Villanova. Take a look at UConn. And take a look at the number of combined NCAA tournament championship wins those two programs have since the start of the 21st century. And that will stack up against any other conference in, uh, uh, in college uh, in college basketball i think it's what four maybe five that they have uh, uh between them uh over the last 20 years or so uh to me that's a pretty it's, it's they've been able to do in the big east what gonzaga has not been able to do in the west coast despite many opportunities and i think that that just shows that there's a lot of depth at the top of the big east west coast is getting a little better i mean st mary's sh should make the field with a relatively decent uh, uh, seed, but this is not the same strong Gonzaga team as we've seen the last few years. But you take a look again at those, those Big East teams that have been around for a long time and what they've been able to accomplish. It'll be interesting to see if Villanova can make a run without Jay Wright, their longtime coach, in this year's Big East Conference tournament because they will need to win that tournament to do that to make the field. I agree, Andy. And you know, just interestingly, uh, before the season began, the highest ranked team in the Big East Conference was Villanova. Uh, to start the basketball season here. So did they play down this year? Was it disappointing for Villanova? They had their runs. They had their low points. A lot depends upon what happens to them in this tournament. But like Andy says, they're going to have to win this tournament to make the NCAA March Madness tournament this year as well. Andy, before I let you go, uh, any word in Vegas? On, is there a hot team, a, a wise guy team, a team that anybody's got a buzz about? out there in Vegas that you've heard so far about teams that maybe they think there's some value on moving forward, either in these tournaments or March Madness tournament. Well, one, one name keeps coming up over the past month or so is a team that started the season extremely strongly is going to make the field. There's a team we just talked about and that's Connecticut got off to a very strong team. You pointed out uh, their scoring margin, et cetera. Uh, and again, because of the quality at the time, 
top of the Big East. Whoever wins that tournament will have been tested in at least in at least two of their tournament games, and there's no reason why UConn can't make a big run. I played them oh with. Within the last week or so, I think it was at about 18 to 1, which I felt uh, is relatively generous. They, depending upon where they're seated, they might be a little bit higher than that. But I could also see because of the uh, uh, notoriety of that program and the success that they had, that they could be in the vicinity of uh, 12 to 15 to 1. That's Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy, a great job on the show once again, as always this week. And we're going to look forward next week once we know the teams we're going to be talking about in the NCAA tournament with Selection Sunday coming up this Sunday. We'll look forward to catching up with you next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spring. I appreciate it. I'll have better control over the mute button. And... Uh, we'll be able to be nice and smooth and hope, wish everyone great success in these next few days of the college conference tournaments. And then uh, we'll be set with, uh, I'll be set with some good thoughts uh, next week. Thank you much, Andy. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas with great insight from Las Vegas on the upcoming NCAA basketball conference tournament games. Before we put the final wraps on this show, I'm going to turn it over to Victor King for his I don't know, Victor, if you got a complimentary play, a total or whatnot, but your thoughts anyway on what we talked about in the college basketball conference tournaments. Uh, sure thing. Now, I got a free play this week, Mark. It's going to be, however, an NBA play, and it's a play that we mentioned in this week's uh, uh, Playbook Basketball newsletter, another game that's going to be played on Saturday night in pro basketball. Obviously, that is my wheelhouse, and we'll be going under the total with the Boston Celtics on the road against the Atlanta Hawks on Saturday night. Uh, Over-under lines should be somewhere in the low to mid-230s in this particular game. And Boston is one of those teams that we talked about at the beginning of the show, the Celtics, with quite the contrast of dynamic home and away over-under splits on the season. Uh, as an example, they are tied with Milwaukee and Oklahoma City as the three best home over teams on the season. That's Boston Celtics, 22 overs, 11 unders. Their home games have averaged over, what, uh, 234 points per game. And again, a dynamic home uh, over team. On the flip side, they're just like the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, Milwaukee is the best road under team, despite being the best home over team. And Boston is the second best road under team, in addition to being the best home over team. Their uh, road games this season, the Boston Celtics, have gone 10 and 22 over under. Again, that is right up there with the Milwaukee Bucks. We're talking about 67% under the total in Boston road games this season. They are about eight points lower scoring than their home games, and they'll be taking on the Atlanta Hawks. And, Mark, what I mentioned in this week's uh, newsletter, in regards to this game, I mean, it starts with the series. The last five meetings between Boston and Atlanta have all gone under the total, and an average of only 208.2. The margin is even more significant than the 0-5 over-under record particularly knowing that we're going to be somewhere in the mid-230s in this particular game. It's been a very low-season uh, series between these two teams, the Hawks and the Celtics. 
Celtics now 0-4 over under their last four Saturday conference games. They've gone one and eight, a two-o rest situation. That means two days rest for Boston, zero rest for their opponent. I will be playing on Friday night against Washington, so they'll be coming into this game with no rest. And what do I got for the uh, their last nine rolls as conference home dogs? The Atlanta Hawks and eight over under, and uh, not. Not only that, but they've gone one and eight over under after playing the Wizards. So, Mark, we got a good one on Saturday night. In addition to our ABC game, Golden State Milwaukee under. We'll be going under with the Celtics on the road against the Hawks. Also, a Saturday night game. And don't forget all of our King Creole NBA selections. And again, we're having a good year in pro basketball available at the PlaybookSports.com website. And finally, Mark. We're starting to do the preliminary work, a madness newsletter. This is a copy of last year's edition, and we'll be uh, posting this, I believe, on Wednesday of the and a, a Sweet 16 tourney guide. We also have the March Madness tourney guide. Two more college-only basketball newsletters after this week. That's what we're working on here during this busy time at Playbook. Thank you once again, Victor. Great insight as always, and a great job as always on the grunt work you do on the publications on our March Madness and Sweet 16 and NBA-only newsletters. It all comes from Victor's magical database. Log on at playbooksports.com for all of King Creole Sports. Before I let you go, here's a complimentary video from Jim Feist out of Las Vegas with his top tips on the upcoming basketball tournaments. Jim, take it away, if you will. Well, it's conference tournament time. And for me, this is the most exciting four or five weeks of the entire year. Yes, pro football, the playoffs, that's all. But this is, when the tournaments start, it's every day. And it's all day long. So you have your side. If you're a junkie on college hoops like I am, this is the perfect time of year. I'm excited. Let me give you some tips. In the conference tournaments, it's different than any other time of the year. You can throw out all the games they played early in the year. These guys, these teams are used to each other. They know each other. The players know each other. The coaches know each other. All the tricks that they have, they know them. So what you have here is potential for upsets. And you're going to have the same thing in the NC2A and the, the postseason tournaments as well because there's a lot of balance in college football today. There's probably 17 to 20 teams. With the odds, of course, are different that could win and cut down the nets. So let's talk a little bit. Conference tournaments right now, look for the underdogs to do well. A lot of these teams are on neutral floors. Some are on home courts. Look at the, how these teams play on their home courts, how they play on the road, in their conference games. Forget the other games. Those teams, those games that they don't play against conference opponents mean much less than what's happening against their conference opponents. Who Their, their familiarity is tremendous. They know how to defense. They know each player's moves. They've seen them a couple times, maybe not this year, but most of the time it's a couple times a year. So look for the underdogs. Remember, dogs are the way to go in these tournaments. And it's going to be the same thing 
in the double NCAA, the NIT, etc., because we don't have that that powerhouse club, those four or five teams that just dominate everybody. And of course, what do you have to look for? You have to look for the quad wins and the and the you know, the team the wins against the top fifty and the top twenty five. It's a, look at all the normal stuff that everybody looks at. But guess what? The odds makers do the same thing. They look at the same facts that you're looking at. So you, in order to beat them, you're going to have to find a way to look for something that they are not looking at as strongly. Now, you have an advantage. They don't. <laughs> they have to put a number up on every game, and they got to take the bets on every game. You don't have to play every game. Be selective. If you're throwing out 15 bets a day, you're probably not going to win unless you get really lucky. But if you're selective and you look for those spots, remember the bookmaker has to play every game. You do not. That is a tremendous advantage that you have. Now, also, look for depth. In these tournaments, There's they, these kids, they're 18 to 22 years old, excuse me, and they have to play night after night, today, tomorrow. Depth means a lot. Guard play means a lot. So if you have strong guard play, and if you have some wing players that can also move the ball well and they move their feet well, play defense, get some points, that's that's also a big advantage. But the guard play dominates. The guards have the ball on every play on offense. So look for that. And look for coaches that have been deep in these tournaments before because that experience makes a big difference experience i can't i can't overrate this or overstate this experience is very very important when you're there and you know how to handle it it makes a big difference it makes a difference in in the nfl the super bowl teams the, the experienced quarterback the experienced coach all these things matter in your life experience matters you may not be the best in two or three years, but if you're experienced and the other guy isn't, you have an advantage. Well, it's the same thing in basketball, it's the same thing in betting. So be careful, look for underdogs, look for strong guard play. And the advantage that you have is you can be selective. And remember this, the public usually loses. So <laughs> when you're looking for line moves on a game, if a game opens two and a half, ends up four and a half, I don't want to be chasing the four and a half. I want to be on the dog in that game. Now, maybe you look at it and you'll say, no way, I don't want to be on the dog. That's a, that, that's an advantage that you have. You do not have to be involved in that game. You can take the dog or you can pass. The bookmaker can't do that. He has to take the bets. That's a big advantage. Use it to your advantage. We'll see you next week. Thanks once again, Jim. Great job, as always. You can catch all of Jim Feist's complimentary and plays, top play selections at playbooksports.com. Check it out at playbooksports.com for Jim Feist selections. That's going to put the final reps in this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host, Victor King from King Creole Sports. Our good friend, Andy Isco, joining us from Las Vegas with the Vegas Vibe. Our good friend, Jim Feist, with his timely complimentary video reports from Vegas as well. Until next week, when we're talking NCAA basketball tournament, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.